Evan, what's the crack? How are you? How are you getting on? Thanks a million for coming up. Thanks for having me. You didn't watch uh, Biden coming off the plane and you weren't in, enthralled in that today? Uh, I was bits and pieces, of not a whole lot. I was more interested actually the bit when the dog kind of snubbed him there. Did you see the dog? No, I didn't see that. What happened? Uh, when he was at the, he was at Aris and kind of, do you know the, uh, Mikey's uh, Bernese? Yeah. Um, I won the exact same, so I'm big into him. Like, so... I was when I seen the little clip today. I put, but the dog wasn't having none of him. He was like standoffish and on your go. He wasn't getting involved with him. So, oh, gee, I'm sick looking at. because uh, it's such a lot of shite. Like, and he's over in Mayo now, right? And they're falling over themselves. And Mayo, are the worst to support their own. They, <laughs> they fucking hate everyone from Mayo. Most people from Mayo, they they never support their own. Biden comes off the fucking airplane. Everyone in Dublin licking his hall. I think Hunter's with him. It's Hunter with him. The son is with him. He's a fucking heroin addict. That's okay. I think. It's okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. At least ask him some hard questions. The, uh, do you, I kind of, should he have someone like a helper there with him? Or is there something, there's, is he, to me, he's, he's like, there's something wrong. That's what, the, I think, he's, like when Barack Obama came over, like you have to respect Barack yeah, Obama. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, he's a great speaker and like this lad, he's a poor devil, he's an old lad. What's it's like next? they're just walking him everywhere and just, <laughs> just sit there. Stand there, don't say anything. It's like he's been taken out of home for the day. Yeah. And you know what? Like, yeah, God but, help him. But fair play to him, he's getting around. Yeah. Uh, you're a Kilkenny man. Kilkenny man, yeah. Thomastown man, coming to Kilkenny. Thomastown. Just by all, everyone's from Thomastown, aren't they? Around Kilkenny. I always say, you're from Kilkenny. No, Thomastown. Do you know the Thomastown? If you don't know Thomastown. Who do you know? Um, there? I know a few lads that used to work for Dan Morrissey. Them boys. Yeah. They're all well off men now, aren't they? So, you know, yeah, probably not a few of them. Probably a few, a few truckers. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Norvell, big one. Oh, yeah, Norvell. Norvell Frosty. I, do you know him? Know him well. Ah, good, good friend of mine. Ah, jeez, I know him well. Yeah. He's some fine rigs now. He's a fucking few fine rigs, hasn't he? He is Don't Call Cowboy. Ah, fair play to Frosty, but he, he I remember, picked up that. I remember him when he was only a chap working for the father. Yeah, he's, Frosty is some yorker. He's yeah. a fucking, I mean, I, to be honest, I was like, Frosty, one of my good friends, Ragers, is like best friends with Frosty. And I was like, Frosty is a neighbor of mine, but he's a fucker. He'd like, he'd let you know, Frosty. Yeah. And you wouldn't like, he would always have something to fucking sneer or have something to say. So I was like, Especially when he's drinking. Oh, an absolute fucker. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Ragers was, I was like, hmm, don't know about Frosty. He's a fucking cheeky little bastard. You know, he's a couple of years younger than me. Mm. Ragers was here. He's soundy, soundy, sound. And then, actually, look, I always thought he was. Sound enough, but a cheeky bastard. No, he's, he's a couple of years younger than you and doesn't yeah. give a fuck. Like, he's still a cheeky bastard. An awful cheeky bastard. <laughs> and still put you in your place, like, the minute. Like, yeah. But, um. Why is he called Frosty? Oh, well, he's a forester and his outlet, I suppose, probably had it, maybe. So, but, uh, um, yeah, no, they only lived down the road. I was in school with his sister, and that's so we'd be, families would be very close. Like, they're a sound old family. And then, yeah, like, Rager's, Rager's like, do you know, he, kind of our group came together and do you know the younger lads, mm. as lads drift off, lads yeah. come together yeah. and then he's kind of one of our group and he's a hard fucking grafter, Frosty. Like, he'd be like... You don't uh, succeed at the timber unless you work hard. It's just, he fucking it's, it's works one of, hard. It's one of them games. And he's like, do you know, he he came home from Oz there to take it home, mm. take over that business when his father mm. wasn't well and he's after driving it on. Oh, you have to has, fucking yeah. fair And he took to on a good bit. Fuck good bit. Come home. He was like his... He was so he, looking forward to going over there and having the crack. And he, he was, was living the, the dream. He was living the dream over there, yeah. yeah. So you have to, I'd have a lot of respect for him for that now, do you know, because yeah. 
he stepped uh, up stepped up and mm. fucking so that is running good like like you said some rigs I like, know, he put some effort in he loves them yeah, so really yeah isn't they go up to the camera's truck run there every year yeah did you ever go up to it no, I was never up at that now. Yeah, you so have to I, go up to the next one. I'll come up the next one. I think you're an awful cunt. I know, I know someone. I have I have a contact up here now. I you do? You do? Yeah. <laughs> I feel safe. I heard it's fucking dodgy coming up. If you don't know. What uh, age are you? 38. 38. Did you look a young 38? I get that, yeah. I'm going to be a fresh outlet, hopefully. I was a rough young lad, fresh outlet. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I'm a... Hard um, man, soft lover. Soft, uh, yeah, gentle lover. <laughs> the, uh, doesn't, uh, Big uh, family. Uh, two sisters, just three of us, and then say I'd have obviously mum and dad, and yeah, two sisters, and then I'd have say cousins there close that would be very close, you know, live say, near you, live and near, and then say my godmother's uh, Trish Tishy, um, she would have like minded me when I was growing up, minding my sisters, and she's a son Adam, so we'd be close. Adam would be in over our house, he's like just yeah. fucking. Might as well so be a brother family network. Yeah, and then my other cousins up the road say, so my my daughter, um, Abby, she's 15, going on 16, and my uncle, um, Joe Mags's daughter is the same age. So they are like fucking Siamese twins. They're joined at the hip, and she's always in the house, or Abby's up in there. So that's... They'll be fighting over lads in a few years now, you wait and see. Well... Fucking just don't get involved, Evan. Don't, <laughs> don't fucking get involved. There's a few lads sniffing around there already. <laughs> hey, you were one of them sniffers too. That's one the time. fucking problem. I yeah. know what they're thinking. That's so. the thing about being a lad with chaps. You just just don't think about it. Yeah, just don't like, think about it. Fucking, he's a right lad there when it's not. Yeah, when you're when it's when it's not around your fucking door. But now I'm after going full circle. I'm like, how the fuck is this happening? She was like a baby. She was a baby yesterday, and. Now she's she's going to Italy next week on a school trip, and but actually tell you what frightened me there recently, uh, some people up in the house and like Abby is she's very she's very um she's very good she's very mature for age and I suppose the relationship we have, but I still she's she's very you know she's only a baby like to be do you know in your head you know, she's my, I, know, you know, and, I know and next thing. I was like, she probably head off traveling soon, will you? And I was like, I was it actually hit me. I was like, holy fuck, she will be like in a couple of years. Like, and what the fuck? I was like, so that was something that hit me there. Only like, it, it, a it week hit you like a ton of bricks. Little things like that, like, you know, can be, um, but, uh, you know, in general, she's, uh, she's very good. We get on very well. Um, yeah. Isn't it weird that your only job as a father is to have your kids ready to live without you? Yeah, it's, it's it's funny mad. and the way you learn as you go along and mm. like, so I'd say I was an early starter. So all my mates now have all small kids, two and three year olds, like, and I'm like trying to weigh up because Abby, and I'm a fucking touch wood. I'm afraid to say this that she's been very good even through the teenage years. Like, I probably find it hard to even think when we fought. I, I think you'll have a better relationship because you're gonna be. Similar in age, you won't be I, an old man. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, and then at the other, that's good. But then I'm kind of frightened because I was like, I know what the fuck I was up to. Hmm. Like I feel like I'm probably early twenties in my head. I probably am in my head, but I'm like shit. 
you know by the car you're driving you're, <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> yeah yeah um, uh, by racer so I was over the years and uh, that kind of um, the old it doesn't leave I, I have a thing for cars like even if it's like if I'm somewhere now I could be even somewhere with a bunch I'll be at work I'm doing something for work like and you might be with a few suits or something like that and next thing you hear this coming up the road I have to look that? I like that do you know yeah. Yeah, it could be a fucking one litre micro but were, fuck, were you the the youngest in your family oldest you're the oldest yeah and did you get on well with your parents and your sisters and yeah I get yeah we do pretty well like say we'd be like probably yeah when you were younger yeah yeah we, I, I would have yeah got on yeah we got on pretty well with my did two you, sisters did yeah. you like school mm, I liked going to school to have the crack I didn't want to do fucking bu- I, I had a really good bunch of friends I had a really nice class right the boys and the girls in my class were like fucking sound and sounder than the class above us or sounder than the class below us do you know mm. we had an, do you know sometimes that happens and I remember the teachers used to be always saying it to ma'am but um, so I I liked going to school literally to have the crack. And well, then, academically, were you good in it? If I liked it, if I wanted to, but if you could put a gun to my head and get me to do French, not shoot me. Whereas I go up to TG, woodwork, um, kind of like maths a little bit, but then when they start throwing the letters at you, I was like, fuck, do you know? So, but then I only stayed in school till I was 16. What I, did your parents do? Dad and mom. Mom worked in the council. Dad worked in the council. So dad is. Um, mom worked in. She would have worked in motor tax and worked in planning, and then up till say, probably in her forties. But mom was got MS, so she was sick, and she would have had to retire early. And then dad worked in the corporation, but dad then would we would have had a building company at home as well. So dad would like kind of, you know, it, it, well, I suppose dad's, dad is kind of like always on the go. Like, you know, his thing is like, he come in from working the corporation, like, and that's grand, let's run a building kind of company. And then that got so busy that it would have, he would have had to kind of finish and take a career break for a good few years. To concentrate on the, on the building, like, because, you know, it was in the boom and we would have been building big houses, say, one-offs and we could have had like anything up to 10 of them maybe on in a year I suppose and do you know Were you going in the middle of all that building on your spare time and So I would have been so what happened with me I was in school and do you remember we got back in jeez I don't know I'm not good with years but do you remember we got the foot and mouth yes. say I would have been about 16 so like 20 something 22 years ago now and For American people and people listening, he didn't actually get his foot in his mouth. Yeah. That was a disease that was going in the agricultural business. It was like sheep and cattle and we had to wash our feet and cars and all that. And we couldn't. So I was in transition year, come to transition year, and I wasn't allowed, we weren't allowed to go anywhere. So I was like, I'm not fucking going to class every day for, so I was like, we would have had the building and I'd be like, here i no, I'm not in school today. I go working, and then, so eventually, what happened is that I was like, my how I I, I my boss then say so dad dad was the, we're building, but we had electricians obviously in mm. uh, Jimmy Beck, um, Jimmy. I was doing the odd day here and there, and then Jimmy Beck, awesome name, 
it's uh, Beck. Beck. So uh, he's some man now. In fairness, uh, Beck at your beck and call. At your beck and call. <laughs> he was like, I had. For, I worked with Jimmy for six years, and get on your beck. <laughs> 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 I like that you can fucking get the good out of it but um, yeah I ended up in transition I was kind of one day at a time and next thing I was working I was like sure I'm not fucking going to school let me off work and then Jimmy needed someone so you got the taste of the money the money boy See? Yeah. and then that was it it was like so a mum and dad went in and kind of to the principal and said listen he wants to work can he I actually tell you, dad actually struck up a deal with the principal that I could hurl with the school and go to work every day. So my boss used to be that <laughs> sound. fucking great deal. I was like, it couldn't be a better deal for I you there now. fucking serious. I was like, so my boss had dropped me off at four o'clock training with the school. I swear to God, it was fucking brilliant. Like I thought I was like deadly. So I was off working. The boys would be from coming down now. We'd be down walking down to the pitch and I'd jump out of the van work at clothes, go in, tug out and then train twice a week. But my, he was that sound that he'd let me do it. Like, you know, yeah. So big into hurling, were you? Yeah, I like the hurling. Yeah. Now, to be honest, I probably wasn't a great hurler in my day, but I would have been like that little dirty corner back, maybe, or something. Do you yeah. know, but you put I, in the effort anyway. I put in the effort, and I'd make you fucking earn a score off me. Mm. Do you know that kind of way? But I'd be as I kind of depending with one or two coaches. I would have had a couple of good years depending on the coach if I bought into it. I had a really good year in the school when I was that year because. Um, Basically, one of the teachers arrived, uh, Dirk Dooley, and um, to be honest with you, I actually tested him the first day he got to the school and nearly broke him. And myself and one of the boys just said, listen, when he comes in, new teacher, let's repeat every word he says. Every word. So into the class, he was a religion teacher. So he came in, good morning, guys, my name is Mr. Dooley. I'm sorry, good morning, my name is Mr. Dooley. This is happening. And he's like, the fuck? So next thing, he kept going on. Next thing he was like, yeah, I get old real quick. So the next thing he freaks out, throws us out of the class. And so that was grand. I was up. Actually, one of my friend's mother was acting vice principal at the time. And she was like, sit down there, you in the canteen. And she put two of us in the canteen and forgot about us. Then like, so we sat up there all day, grand golf school. But that was grand, was forgotten about. The next thing, about two weeks later, the fucking school, they were like, okay, hurling starting up. And next thing, who's the fucking trainer? Dooley. He was. And I said, oh shit. You fucked up. I fucked up. And then, but... I got stuck into training and he liked my kind of personality and I was dogged and I ended up being the captain. So what age were you at this time? 16, 17? Yeah, 15. 15. 15. So 15, kind of 16. It would have been the junior school team. and So yeah. So did you proceed like that all through school, left school, started working? Left school working and I got away in transition year then. I, my parents just let me leave. So straight into an apprenticeship with uh, James Beck Electrical. Did you work hard? Yeah, it would have been a, I, Jimmy probably tell you. Was it the did you like the yeah, electrical? It. Yeah, I did like it. And I like going to work every day. I love going to work. And But I had a, you know, I was had a good boss that he wasn't a dog to me. And it was like, I didn't have to fucking chase or tango. It was an electrician. He trained me and he brought me everywhere that say, I was very lucky. It was just me and him, right? Yeah. So, and then one or two other lads kind of came along. But say, <clears> even when I was like, He'd bring me, do you know, you'd be doing your day on the site and then you might do a couple of jobs on the way home. He'd bring me and show me mm. everything. I was really good at following, like saying after two years, I was off wearing houses left, right and centre myself and I'd have two of my friends with me, like Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'd be wearing houses on Nixers, like, you know, so. Making big money. Yeah, making, like I used to be fucking knocking down, like when I was 20, 21, 
Like I was knocking down serious books for a young lad and broke on a Wednesday, probably knocking down more than a grand a week at times mm. and fucking Thursday evening waiting on wages. Like, you know, yeah. and just all little nixers and, you know, you got, I was getting good money off Jimmy. He, he well looked after. And then your nixers in the evening. Couple of, but my, my mates were like, I could be doing a nixer somewhere and I'd be ringing one, hey, Brendan, Heavy, where are you at? Come on, I have to go do this, come on with me. And then I'd be with him. Then, and you know, we was hanging out. Like it was yeah. just, but we were working at the same time. It wasn't. So yeah, I did. I would have liked the sites, but then I would have been like driving and stuff as well. So when I came in in the evenings from Jimmy, if I wanted a Jeep, the owl would be like, yeah, you can have the Jeep, but there has to be a load of stuff collected there in Capital Hardware and that needs to go to Burris and this fuck. So I'd get the Jeep, but I'd have to do an hour's work for it. And then, yeah. so, but then I'd have the Jeep for the night. So that was all right. You know, so. so when did you get your first car? Oh, Jesus, lad. This myself and my next door neighbor, Hannah's, right? Before I got on the road when I was 17. So I had a car waiting for me, on, like in a garage, like I had paid for it. Like, you know, I bought yeah. a Honda Civic, was ready to go for when I was 17. Uh, oh it? no, sorry, 18. I actually started driving the, the father's Jeep on the road. Mm. But before I got onto the road, me and Hannah's would have had 16 cars between us in the fields because he had a farm. He's about 300 acres. So. We'd be getting any neighbor that we'd see with the car getting banger. Um, what are you doing with that? that? And next thing we'd have it, we'd be get looking up. Do you remember there was the little um yeah, local trader? Out. Oh yeah, yeah. local trader. Yeah. And it'd be like just you know, was there a part in the cars under fifty yeah. or under hundred euro wrecks? So we'd be going off ringing these lads and should the fucking carry on. Like then we'd have one or two lads maybe that'd be a bit bolder than us. Say we, we would have had them like that, and we'd be getting we might fucking driving home from somewhere like I'd be 16 like you know and I'd be like yeah. one of the older lads that would be 17 or 18 driving he'd drive on ahead and ring back the two of us be in the car and he'd be on the phone the whole way and be like is there anything there no there's nothing there and we go down the back road and next time we get to the field and we'd be grand so so a young lad mad into cars loads of money what was your first car that you were mad to get Honda Civic 1.4 Honda Civic what year was it new 96 I think no it wasn't new it was a good few years old but had would have had at the time would have been nice car like seventeen inch wheels, bit of a kit. Or the Venoms. Fuck, where the Venoms? I Everyone back then, Venoms. If you the three or six. No, no, no. I didn't. Venoms were the multi. Yeah, they, they were like spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they weren't Venoms. They would have been a five spoke. I tell you, Wolf Racers. Do you Wolf Racers. <laughs> do, do you remember back then? If you'd seventeen, you were bald. Oh fucking! You, you were, were you were going around the corner, and the back would be rubbing off. The arches rubbing. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get big ones in the back. Nowadays, seventeens. Everyone be laughing at you. Grand fucking twenties now, but were you a lunatic in it? Mm, probably. If mm, yeah, kind of, would I have been a lunatic? Would have been. Yeah, I probably would have been. Did. Not, did the whole money and cars thing, did you go mad? Did it drive you mad? A little? Probably a little bit. Like, like say, I would have, I I think my age group, we fucking, oh, we, we hit the peak by for the, the We boom. wasted for the sake of wasting. Because oh, we thought it was never, ever going to end. Like, I, yeah, like I had no expenses living at home. Like if my mother wanted a few pounds, I was like, what? What? Sorry, <laughs> fucking... What do you mean 20 euro for fucking keeping, for food and stuff? I'm fucking, John, and you're like, you have the nicest cars, fucking drinking the arse out of it. Like yeah. every weekend was like, the weekend was from Thursday till Sunday. Sunday at 
one at 12 o'clock like yeah. you'd be home Sunday night for unless 12 o'clock unless you'd done the dog on it and, and then, then you were fucked the next morning collected on the way like I've often fucking wore me good clothes Sunday clothes to work on a Monday because I was like actually, I wasn't too I'm, I used to go home in fairness on a, Monday, on a Sunday if I was out early because I just fucking didn't want to be sick for Jimmy because I I was I got on really well with you him you respected like, him I, yeah he was very good to me like you know and fucking took, he was some piss taker, like, he, the crack, lad, like, the minute I got in the van in the morning, the crack was unreal, and like, out that evening, and there's days, like, and then, so we go going to the sites, different sites we work on, say, the plumbing crew that used to be on it was my best friend at the time, Stevie, Stevie Collins, the neighbours, so, like, we were just getting up, going to work, and next thing you're with the boys all day, so having to, to fucking carry on, like, the crack mm. was... Like, I don't know. I'd love to know what's the crack. I don't think the crack is the same on the sites anymore. Do you know? I suppose everything. I fucking health and safety. Are, health and safety. And, no, there's nothing wrong with health and safety. Yeah, no. A lot of people aren't family or friends. And it's probably, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. The, the mess and it was probably new. Do you know that that boom was like everyone there was, was so much it. pressure now though. You know, yeah. back then you just got it done when you got it done. And that's it. Now it's, yeah, look, everything is fucking formats and fucking yeah. timescales and big money. And look, the the cost of everything at the moment, there's no time for fucking around. Whereas no. that, there was money to be made at things mm. back then. Like, so If you put yourself under pressure, you were making a killing. Oh, now you're yeah. just making a wage. Yeah. And I went to the buildings for a while. Did you? Yeah, I got ran after three weeks. Go away. Yeah. What were you doing? Just labouring. Labouring. Just labouring. And I abuse. got in trouble for just messing, cleaning up in the evening. And I got into one of the bins and pretended to roll across the puddle. <laughs> and uh, a foreman said to me one day, he just shouted across and he goes, um, is there a shovel in there? And I was laboring for the plasters. You know, you're bringing in the buckets yeah. of stuff. And he just goes, is there a shovel in there? And I went, no. And he just walked over and he goes, come here, come here. And I didn't know what was going on here. I just left the timber. I got burnt out with the timber. And I was in, went doing this job where I was getting about 600, 500, 600 euro a week. And I'm used to getting fucking 800,000. I was just yeah. showing whoever I was working for, fuck you, I'm going to leave. And this lad was there. When I asked for a shovel, you fucking look in every house until you find me a shovel. I'm laughing into his face like yeah. dickheads. Uh, yeah, look, I'd be, and see, I probably would have been a bit like you too as well. I, I would, I'd be kind of a bit like that as well. I'd be a bit, do you know, I'd take the It's fight. annoying when you're, you know you're working hard and you're there Fuck thinking, look yeah. at this petty shite like. And this shit, this like giving me shit for, yeah. I'm lucky, right? I'm not being, I'm, I'm lucky I didn't, I didn't get that much shit. I, I, look, I hope so and your father was the boss. Yeah, well, see, he wasn't because I um, would have been working on his sites, but I never kind of, I would have worked with Jimmy. Jimmy was my boss and do you know, now mm. I would have at times then, Say, it was funny, I didn't, I was like, I would have loved going with the different crews, like I would have done a bit with all of them, say first, and then I would have got a bit of shit, like, you know, but it was, I actually was, was, wasn't was taking the piss out of, like, you know, mm. I, well, they were taking the piss out of me, but not too far, say, yeah. you know, so, but when I was with, yeah, when I was, I suppose, I did, I was lucky, I had one, there was one site, um, we are doing this job in Ballygallan Stud, this was like, I was down there for fucking years, right, but, don't know if you heard of a builder called Billy Doolan. No. He's a fucking like tyrant. Like, and we used to, he used to come onto the sites and he lads would be just running everywhere. But like that dog, a fucking dog, like even if you're after making him a fucking million in the day, he'd fucking dog you. 
But I came in, I, we were subbed in. He, he was over all the buildings except the electrical because we'd done the maintenance there already and Jimmy was well in with this stud and the guy that owned the stud farm was a fucking multi-millionaire who got on well with us. He just wanted G in there. Doing he wanted us. It was, that was it. Like he said, listen, I want Jimmy to do it and I don't blah, blah, blah. So Doolin used to be coming in and everyone would be afraid of him and I'd see him coming and I'd be like winking at Jimmy and I'd be like, morning, Billy. And this, he wouldn't speak to me and I kept that at every fucking day. I was like, morning, Billy. Like with that little kind Did of... Did he mind? It was driving him cracked. And he said to Roy, Roy Strudwick, who owned the place one day, he's like, that cheeky little fucker, I'm going to give him the road. And Roy was there, I know, I like Evan, keep him here. And then Roy came out and says, Billy is going mad, he said. Like, Leave him he's, alone. He's like getting tick every... He's coming in saying, you're fucking... Saying hello to him every morning. And I said, oh, just look, sorry, I was only saying... And he was like, oh no, keep it going. He was like, <laughs> he said, so I was like, every morning. So Billy then... Billy, he would have like kind of give me a little bit of a, you know, not much, bit of a dogging, but Jimmy went off on holidays for two weeks, right? And I was looking after the job. I would have been young at the time and we had other electricians subbed in. But when Jimmy was gone, there was this kind of a, we're building a pool house now. This is this how rich this Roy is. like, mm. And so there was a big change when Jimmy was gone. So there had to be stuff pulled out and stuff go in and we got new plans and all this shit. So... The foreman came down and gave me the plans and I just went that straight away and I got it done fucking really quick. I had the lads in and next thing Doolin comes in the next day and he was roaring and shouting. He's like, the fucking cable's meant to be in here. They're meant to be tra trenches dug up here. And I said, Billy, that's all done. I have it all done. He said, what? And he said, have you this done? Have you that done? And I said, yeah. And I was like, he looks at me mm. and he walks off then and he was into Roy and he goes to Roy. He's not the worst of them. Get rid of that bake. <laughs> Keep him. <laughs> He's like, so he was that. So, yeah, no, going on the sites, I was lucky enough. I never got too much, too much shit. And like I said, then sometimes I was on my father's site as well. So, so how long but, did you stay plowing away at that? Six years. And then I decided to go out to Oz for three months on a holiday. Three of my friends were going and... I decided with about a week and a half before they were going that I'd go. There was a bit of a break in work with. Um, was work getting quiet, and you just decided. No, nah, we, we were the next phase was starting in Ballygallan, but there was a maybe a six week gap, and at the time I had a bit of shit going on with, to be honest with myself and Abby's mum. And what age were you? Roughly? 22, 22. Twenty two, twenty twenty two. Twenty two. Very young, yeah, yeah. and the kind of. I was probably, I didn't realise it, but I was probably stressed out as fuck, like, because we were, like, to and fro over this this baby, and mm. we hadn't been together, we were together for a little while, and we, you know. Yeah, tough for tough, a young person. and mm. we probably, like, both of us could have fucking handled it a little bit better, <clears throat> but anyway, I, one day, I was fucking just, I was kneeling down in the garden for, like, doing a garden light, and Jimmy was like, here, listen, you're there for fucking ages, like, what's wrong? And he knew everything that was going on, like, and he was there, he said, listen, because the boys were going to Australia, the boys were going to Australia, I was on to him, John Cup, and he said, why don't you fuck off the boys for a few weeks? Next phase of the job is starting in you know, six weeks. I'll, by the time it gets up and going, you'll be back and that'll be all sorted. So I said, don't know, I don't know, I'm not, you know, I don't know if I want to go travelling, this and that. And so then I was like, talk to the boys and I said, oh, here, fuck it, I'll go for three months. And well, it was like, yeah, about 12 11 or 12 weeks they were going for it. They were coming back for their sister's wedding. And uh, so, yeah, so that was when 
I decided I'd fuck off the Oz then for three months. And, and what was that like? Sure, it was fucking mental, to be honest, until, say, we had, we landed, now I mean, right, at the time we were queer fucking green, I went to Australia with, like, literally a t-shirt. I was like, sure, Australia's warm, that's it. I didn't fucking think anything about mm. bad weather in Australia. I never heard any. And next thing we were even Melbourne, it was fucking winter over there. I was like, where the fuck did I have to drop me off? I honest <laughs> to God was fully sure I was in the wrong country. Why, was it cold? It was fucking freezing. Really? I mean, yeah, down in Melbourne, it can be cold at times. And I hadn't even a fucking jacket and it was the wettest. I was like, are you serious? This is Melbourne. So I got off. I was like in the airport. I rang the lads and I was like, what the fuck's the story in there? Oh, that the weather's terrible here. <laughs> and I literally had a pair of jeans, maybe a jumper, and a couple of t-shirts and shorts. That was it. Like that was fucking. So I went out, jumped too in the taxi. Too much home and away, Evan. Fucking too much. Al Stewart. Yeah. Fucking can't <laughs> living, fucking living the life up there, and Brax and all the boys. Yeah. So I thought it was like, you know, I just go over with the wife beer and shorts and fit in. But no. So I just bought a few clothes. Had yeah. your job lined up. Uh. No, we weren't going to really work. We crack, were going. Crack. We were going to. So we we basically we travelled. That was it. We got on the east coast and we went down a little bit towards was it Adelaide. Went down towards Adelaide for a week or two, then drove up to Melbourne and all the way up the coast basically. So that was we just wanted to do the east coast. That was the plan. Get to the top and say we would have done a week or two in Melbourne and the little towns. We done all the coast, all the little small towns, and we went to. We're in Sydney and then we got up as far as Brisbane after a couple of weeks. And then there's a guy from Thomastown, the Rock Fenley. Um Cheers, Thomastown's great for the names. Fucking legend. Well, I I like I don't know. I was actually every one of my mates has a nickname. And like now Rock is a generate he's like he actually the Rock is would have been best friends with my my boss in Ireland. And but the Rock is the kind of guy everyone from Thomastown goes through the rock over in Australia it was this thing like everyone knows the rock the rock's a character he's a kind of mm. fucking but if you met this guy once he's a he's a fucking hero like he's plays music and he's like fucking plays the Bowron on a pizza box he's you know the dude. And he's the fucking dude and he loves partying so our, we were to I rang the rock and said look we're coming up to Brisbane oh, deadly look meet you told me he'd meet me when I get there. I'd ring him when I got to Brisbane and he'd tell me where to meet him, give me the address of the house. So I was fucking trying to ring The Rock for two days before on the way to Brisbane. I couldn't get through to him, sure. The Rock was on a bender. And we got to Brisbane and the lads were like, is this fucker like... Does for he our American to? fans, that is a lot of drink oh, lot and of drink. not a not, homosexual. Not exactly, yeah, sorry. Thanks for clearing that yeah, one no up. Uh, I, I see, I'm not used to the the big audience. <laughs> I'm just used to talking shit in Amazon, you know, in the polls. But um, so we we parked up the car. We're after buying this car, right? No, don't over there. You have to have red jaw, and you don't. You've, it's all include your insurance. Everything's in. So we were like went into this cowboy, and he's like, "Nah, this is grand." Here, I swear to God, it's a black marker and changes the oak and the oak. Your grand drive on. So we just drove on. Like we're only going to be there a few weeks for like chances. Mm. Of, but we pulled in, and then the fucking no, I couldn't get through to the rock. And next thing we go down to O'Malley's bar on the main street of Brisbane. We said, look, we'll go in for a pint. And next thing, in we walk, and here he is by playing the bower on. And just, Jesus, Kelly, I, I, I didn't know you were coming today. And next thing, kind of talked over the microphone like this. Are you staying? What are you doing? Yeah, and he's playing away. And next thing, finished that song, came down. 
sure that was it then so we ended up staying four weeks in Brisbane which was completely not the plan like mm. you know so well, it must have been great fun it was fucking brilliant it was and the rock is like fucking brilliant and the crack is like we just sure. dumping money out there like dumping money yeah it was like fucking ridiculous like yeah it was we uh yeah because we didn't work with like but then before we went we're all with a i had a few pound but then i got a few pound off mom and dad going off as well because i knew it was only for three months so and then the you went yeah i am and i'm not like, it wasn't life affirming what it wasn't the best experience of your life. No, I got fucking nailed out there then. Um, we were up in, uh, I don't know if it's even because I had the accident right out there. That it's. It was out there you had the accident? Yeah, yeah. So I was up in, we went up to Fraser Island. Have you heard of Fraser Island? No. It's the biggest, I think, sand island in, uh, sand island in the world. And like, so you have to get a ferry out and you just go out and you spend two or three days out there camping, driving 4 by 4s It's fucking cool. It's, beautiful place and there's all dingoes and shit out there and you have to be very careful camping and this and so we went up there and we done our camp we headed out camping how many of you so there was, there's, the four of us went to Australia together right me Brendan Heafy Alan and Decky Kelly and uh, then we would have had about maybe eight or ten of us in the jeep so we would have got this four before jeep gone on the ferry and then went out would have been probably two jeeps traveling together so we got there and we drove around the first day set up camp that night and then cooked up and we're like cook you'd be cooking that and you couldn't leave the fucking saucepans alone and that there because there was dingoes in the bushes and that and it's cool then you can't swim Doesn't fucking sound cool to me uh yeah probably fucking throw a different experience here like fucking everything and there's like you can't go into the water because there's fucking tiger sharks everywhere uh, yeah so it's nice and friendly you know fucking safe as houses but um so that we stayed there the first night had a fucking session drinking the goon do you know the boxes of wine like i think it's ingredients eggshells or, or fucking fish eggs or something it's fucking <laughs> rotten stuff but like but you drank it anyway but it was 12 dollars, and you got four liters of wine and you just were scuttered after it mm. so you know, one or two of them had fucking sort you and a uh, cheap night. But next day we got up, we got our itinerary, say we, we would have had itinerary either day, each day. So we'd done our bits and pieces and then we drove because it was all like you'd be driving fucking through sand roads, through woods and all mm. this. So we parked up and one How do you know where to go? Have we have a map. We have a map. Maps. Yeah. And um, you kind of, yeah, look, it's fairly, it's not that big and that's so it. But are you a long way from hospitals and yeah, doctors? And yeah, yeah, fucking long way from everything like that. The nearest, so when we parked up, we did, we wanted to go to this place called Lake Wabi. And it's about, I think maybe, I don't know, is it a kilometre or two kilometres? You have to walk then into the wood. And there's big sand dunes into this freshwater lake. And we got in there and we're just chilling all day, just had lunch and running up and down the sand dune, jumping in. And then basically, uh, we were, myself and Decky were going up the sand dune because there was a line of people up the top. There used to like maybe a hundred people. You know so, I mean? so the place is packed with people? Packed with people, yeah, packed. So like it's a party atmosphere. There's loads of people everywhere. Yeah, it's not, and it's not like, there's not a load of booze or anything in there because it's in the middle of fucking nowhere and you have to trek in during the day. It's, just this beautiful place that you you trek in to see 
And like you have to walk through a wood down around the trail, then into the bottom mm. where the lake is. And then up this side, it's like just the sand dune up here. And then you're up on top of the sand dunes. So you go up the sand dunes and run down and just fucking jump in. And the line all across the top of the sand to dune. To do it. To do it. And like there could be a hundred people running in and down. We're doing it all day. Like. So myself and Decky were going up again. There was a group going up and they were a little bit ahead of us. And we're kind of... I swear to God, I was walking up the sand dune, and this is the God's honest truth, right? I went to Decky. Oh, fuck, man. Ooh. He said, what? And I said, did you get that bad feeling? And he goes, no. And I said, oh, I did. I said, I'm fucking, I'm going to fuck, come on. I, I don't know. I'm getting, I just, ugh, something. I swear to God, it was really? just this fucking shivers. I got up my spine, right? And you said that to him? I swear to God, you can ask Decky yeah. this. So I said, come on, we just fucking, we're halfway up, we ran down. And next thing I ran down, I slipped, bang, fucking, just belly flopped into the water, and it's like how, I, how, it's like how I got far of a drop. No drop. It was like I ran down here, said, "This is the sand dune. This is the water." I just belly flopped, slipped, and just as if I fucking ran across there and fell on the carpet, like no height, nothing. I just hit the water, and the neck went back and broke my neck, and I was lying in the water, face down. It was like. Did you ever get a shock off electric fence? Yeah. But it was like that shock coming from the top of my arse up my spine. It was like fucking hell. I was like, remember being in the water, like kind of shaking. So and you're face down the water? Face down the water. Conscious. Can't move. And in pain? More of electric shock and a bite on my lip. That's the only thing that was sore at that stage. But I couldn't fucking move. And I was like, what the fuck? I can't. Do you know it? Like. What? I wasn't in that much pain. I just I was after getting the shock, and I was. But when I hit the water, I came back up for a split second. And one of my other friends was in the water, and he seen me, and he's like, when he's after this was afterwards, he was telling me that because I'd be acting the fuck, you know, I'd be mm. a bit of a messer. And he said he seen me eyes, and he said, look, I, I know it's not physically possible. He said, but your eyes were just just going round in your head. He said they were just bang up and down. He said, and then they. I just remember being under the water, like say floating on top of the water, but I just remember holding my breath and just saying to myself, please fucking God, someone get me. And next thing, the boys just flipped me over and held me in the water. And I was like, they were like, you, what, you are right? So lads, I can't move. Were, were, were you like, like, were you frozen or just floppy? Just like this, just lying in the water, floating in the water, but they had me held to keep me yeah. up. So, and then... At this stage, like, there was no one holding my head or neck or anything like that. So, so they could have been doing more harm than... Yeah, but then... So they were kind of holding me for... They were like, what the fuck? And, but the boys, I think they just all froze. Do you know, it was just held me there. Yeah, no one knew what to do. And then these two students, student doctors passed, and they were like, okay, we need... You need to get them out. I was like, like they were like, holding me down. I was like, it's fucking cold, lads. And I could feel the body getting cold inside me. Do you know, that kind of a way. But... So then they were like, they showed them how to lift me out. So they lift me out and they just put me out on the on the sand like this. And they put a bit of sand in around here. They kind of had an idea. I was after you know, breaking my neck or whatever. So Did you? I had no fucking clue. And then I was on the line. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, I'm not that sore. I was a bleep, bit, bit my lip and it was stinging me. But the rest of me, I was just not moving. I had no pain. I was just in shock kind of. And Decky then... I was like, I was like, what the fuck? I was starting to get a bit worried. And Decky says to me, I swear to God, this is, because we'd laugh about this to this day. And he goes, you'll be grand, lad. 
and Dickie is like, he's like country voice and he's like, mm. be grand lad. I often fell off a scaffold and got spinal shock for an hour or two, couldn't move and you'll be grand. So that would, you would be feeling better hearing that. So I was that. like, <laughs> oh yeah, spinal shock, maybe I'll be okay in an hour or two. But then it was like, there was a crowd coming around. Then another doctor came and they were like, oh fuck, this lad's, this is not spinal shock, this lad's in bother. So paramedic came then and then basically, because we were there all day, it was starting to get a bit dark so the, the obviously there was an air ambulance rang because <clears throat> it was off offshore. So the ambulance had to fly from Brisbane to get me. So we're waiting for about four fucking hours. Jesus. Oh, it was a nightmare. And then And what are you doing for that flight? Lying hours? there and the boys had a foil blanket over me and then just the lads were trying to keep me calm. So my three friends stayed with me. Two paramedic or two the paramedic and the two students doctors were there. But then, because there's not but fucking dingoes and shit on this island, the dingoes were like popping their heads out of the ditch and the boys had to make up a little kind of a rag with a fire on it to fucking kind of, so they wouldn't come in at me and shit like that. I wasn't really aware of everything that was Could going on. I was fully conscious. Couldn't move a thing, lad. Only thing I couldn't move was my neck. and I was broke. And I was and like... Could you feel anything? Nothing from me nipples down. Was it scary? That... No, I wasn't re like I wasn't overly scared because I was like I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I I didn't really think I can't really remember was I scared or not. I I I don't think I was. But then I was like I got the the paramedic obviously gave me some paracetamol that to thin out my blood and that was and Stop then clotting so, or something yeah, because if with the compression on your spinal cord if there was a you know, thin out the blood so it doesn't cause more compression and do okay. more damage. So we would have, the lads obviously would have been like talking away from me and like and saying, oh shit, we need to get this lad to a hospital fast and bloody blast. So I wasn't, it would have been kind of keeping me calm and not mm -hmm. telling me. Decky's wise words were, the, you know, I was like, ah, should I probably be grand then? I, was, I had this, I actually remember having this in my head. Please let Decky be right. I'll be some crack now if I just get up. Can I get up? Do you, think, do you know? But then like, then I started getting a bit of pain and the stiff, you know, I was like, yeah, could pain after two hours, three hours and crowd, everyone is gone and you're just lying there and it's getting cold and you're fucking, then you're starting to get sore. And I remember then the helicopter, we seen the helicopter coming and the helicopter then basically would have, couldn't fucking land because of the sand dunes. So the boys had to get stretcher and they had to bring me up, which was fuck on this steep sand dune that's loose. And it was pretty hard to get me up. But I remember the one thing I can remember, they obviously gave me then like they would have given me medication that to chill me and take the pain away. But what I do remember is right and they put a neck brace on me and there was a little thing sticking out of the back of the neck brace and it was driving me fucking mental. I was like freaking out with your man in the helicopter. I remember that until he knocked me out. I'd say they just gave me something to just knock me out then and then I remember. So what was the last thing you could remember? I remember lying in the helicopter just While like, flying? When flying the night. Like and you're in the back of the helicopter and I'm like, oh fuck this shit. Anyone is. with you? No, it was only the paramedics. The, my friends couldn't own. go. My friends couldn't go with me. There wasn't that much space in the helicopter. It was like fucking, you know, I was like just shoved into a, like a little. And they bit. had a what, 20 hour journey back? No, it would have, I think. Was a f I don't know, four hours maybe or five hours in the helicopter. I'm not sure exactly because I was just gone. And next thing, into Princess Alexandra Hospital in Brisbane. So, but you can't remember that. I do. Yeah, I remember coming round then in the hospital in 
like being brought in, kind of when it's coming out of the helicopter, I was, I remember, I can't fucking remember, did we land on the roof or did we land on the, in, the, in the yard? But I remember coming in and coming round then in A&E and there was a sound nurse there and she was kind of trying to explain to me what happened. What and was she saying? Just look, you're after having a spinal injury and that it is very serious. And she said, first of all, you're very, you're lucky to be alive. So, and I'm like, spinal injury? I, to be honest with you, I wasn't even fucking sure. Like, spinal injury? Like, tell him, like, she's like, you know, you could be paralyzed. Like, and I said, like, what do you mean paralyzed? And she's like, can you, like, you know, we'll see now, do you know, it can go different ways, but you, know, you could end up in a wheelchair out of this. And I said, I know. And then she said, no, look, we have to wait and see tests and all this. And so then they would have then started kind of going through the procedures, whatever had to be done. But you had no family, no friends, no, not totally on your own. Totally on my own. Except that nurse, she was very nice. Do you know the sound? She was just a fucking, I can, can remember, I can't, I, I don't remember her name now, but I, I remember, I can remember her face. And she, because she was that kind to me and she was, you know, just hanging around. Was And then, Inside in this room in A and E, there was no one there. Only me, and it was fucking sh- lights and fucking stuff everywhere. It was then I was starting to get a little bit, oh shit, this is like. And then the surgeon, the lad that was on, he was a fucking ignorant bastard. He was, and they were doing tests, and then basically after a while, then they were like, okay, we have to get him, move me to the next bit, and get the. Do you know the whole halo on and fucking screw into your head then? Had you to have an operation before this? No, this was, well, this was just to stabilise me okay. before the operation. So then... Is this the same day? This is all in the same night, yeah. And then they would have, say, put me up into ICU or was it HDU or ICU? I think HDU, High Dependency Unit. Um, put me on... This well, I would have been kind of in A and E, kind of like you know the the ICU bit there, and I, I would have been on the bed, the rotating bed, and they were put on the big halo and screwed into me head. I don't know if you can see there's little marks. See? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where they drilled in, and like I can remember that, that's drilled in on the first night. On the first night, and I can remember. And you want is that tight enough? And they're, whatever they were doing, like whatever to do with the traction, and I can remember like I can certain things I can really remember, you know. And I was like, I can hurt. No, that I was morphing that with my head then at this stage. Like, I was like, <laughs> what's going on here? Like, I literally can remember being just oblivious to things going on. Like, do you know, and you're thinking back afterwards. So when can you remember being very coherent and knowing shit is real? So this is another freaky fucking thing, right? So they operated on me and... Be, be, without permission, like... Oh yeah, they would have got my permission. It would have got like I was, you know, I'm early twenties. So they had to do what they had to do. Yeah. So had no, you talked to your parents? Yeah, I would have. Um, was it talking to dad or mom at this? The day I got the phone call home, obviously that I'm after having a bad accident. I think that I think I was on the phone to dad, and I was like, um, was I on the phone? I think I would have been. I can't remember exactly if I... Well, obviously, we had to give the go-ahead. And mm. I would have... Like, look, you have to do what you have to do. There's no other option. And Dad would have been... He'd be good in, deci- you know, making decisions if stuff like that. So, obviously, they got the go-ahead to do it. And then 
I remember coming around, um, I was in ICU in the bed and next thing. Post operation. After the op, yeah. So I What was the, what did they do? In so the what they done was they went in here from the front. There's a bit of a see the mark on my neck. Oh yeah. So they went in there, slit that there, went in. So I had shattered C six completely, my vertebrae shattered that and fractured C five and C seven. And so I had to get titanium plate. So I have a titanium plate in me in here with C six and then five and seven just healed themselves, you know, it just went back into just with the, that one fall. Oh man, like I didn't even fucking hurt myself. Like I fell into water and bang. Like and I'm not gonna lie, I jumped off the roof of a place two week two couple of nights beforehand over a wall into his pool like and I didn't like you know I was we're scuttered do you know what I mean like my time wasn't yeah. that day it was fucking my time was up then that fucking but my time wasn't up because yeah I know what you mean but so you woke up you had your operation up, so I was there and I could hear this like beeping and you know you can hear the machines and I was lying there and I was like she was like Evan Evan I could hear this voice and it's like I remember opening my eyes and I could like this all the lights and shit and Alex I was like and I looked over it, right? And this no word of a lie. So a girl that used to babysit me when I was younger that lived two miles up the road from home was a nurse in the hospital, didn't even know. Stop. And she was after getting word, Caroline Lanigan, yeah. And she was there when I woke up in the, in the, in, that was there. And I was like, fuck. And she was there, you all right? And I'm here, oh, fuck. So that was brilliant to, to yeah, hear it was nice. from home. Yeah, it was nice, right? So... She was very good to me when I was there, right? But then I got moved down. Well, why was the surgeon a prick, by the way? The surgeon was just fucking ignorant. And he said to me, right, I asked him, like, do you know what does this mean? Like, he gave me the, you have, um, like, remember, I'm young at the time. I know fuck all about accidents or fuck all about injuries or what, what shit is out there for people, right? Mm. And he's like, you have uh, C6 quadriplegic, tetraplegic, blah, blah. This now he's like, look, I kind of said, listen, I'm from, from, I'm country, I'm from Ireland, will you? Can you kind of like tell me, you know, like in layman's? And he's like, he was, I remember him being real rude and ignorant about it. And he's like, kind of, you stupid fucking idiot. Like he said, you, you're fucking, you're paralyzed, you're going to be in a wheelchair kind of thing. This is, and I said, no, no. I said, I, I tried barely, I didn't hurt me. It's like, I barely fell into water. I said, it can't be. And he was there, he kind of got a bit like, I'm doing me, you know, a little bit, um, mm little bit narky and it was late and but I said I was like I was like no no the company goes yeah and I said could you do me a favour then he goes what and I swear to god right I says to him could you go out that fucking door and send someone in here that knows what they're talking about <laughs> and right how I remember that was when I was in the hospital in the bed a couple of nurses came down and you're the lad that said it to doctor such and such <laughs> and uh Fair play to he's one bad bastard. You know, they, they were delighted that and sure he was just, you know, 20 year old, 21, two year old Irish chap. The nurses fucking was, and then because Caroline was there, all I was like a little baby. I was like fucking, they were minding me. Like. So when you woke up and the Lanigan girl was there, did yeah. she tell you what the yeah, story was? Yeah, she was like, look, I've been talking to home and stuff like that. They're trying to organize getting home. Obviously, they have to get, or getting here, they have to get visas, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, it was, I was there, fuck. But then, right, that night, because there's quite a few people from Brisbane and are from Thomastown in Brisbane. So maybe the next day, they, so it took me out of 
high dependency unit and put me into the next one level down and uh, said it would have been four beds on either side but it was like you were being monitored like a lot and next thing there was a family from Thomastown the Cunninghams Paddy Cunningham and the family out in Australia they were all into me that night there was 12 people from Thomastown around the bed the Chandlers Barry Chandler the Rook uh, Paddy Cunningham his wife his daughter son just 12 actually people from Thomastown it was fucking mad like and it was do you know they brought me in McDonald's and do you know anything but that what, 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 what like what could you do nothing I couldn't fucking do nothing I was gone from the chest down and I couldn't even I was like I was fucking could you move your hands no I was so I was yeah so after I was like at this stage I would have been probably able to do this no wrists my wrists were gone from my wrist down was gone and my from my nipples down were gone. I, at this stage, I couldn't move my head or anything because I was so sore from, like, I was like... Were you in a lot of pain? Oh, fuck, yeah. And what, what do you feel? Nothing. Nothing. How's Pins your head, and needles. What's your head thinking? Like, where is your head then? Like, what are you saying to yourself? What's I'd your internal grand, dialogue? I'd be fucking grand. I would be bad. Like, they're telling me this is like, you know, paralyzed. You're going to be paralyzed, buddy. Right? Is this what they're telling you? Yeah. But in a very, you know, good way, nice way. I'm blessed I had the accident in Australia. They're very positive. Like, you know, you're after having this, this where you are, but this is what we can do. And at this stage then, they didn't, the operation went really well and it was incomplete, which was massive. If it had to be complete, it was like the spinal cord was completely severed. And I, but then it was incomplete. They didn't know what damage was done. But there's a possibility I get a little bit of recovery back. Do you know, functional, that I'll be able to get my arms working, hopefully, and, maybe get some finger movement and but not looking good from the chest down kind of thing so like I was like I had to be fed I had to be everything brush my teeth How, what was that like mentally not good not mentally phew, I was okay mentally what did like, you struggle with the most mentally of not doing for yourself I don't know that at that stage that stage I don't really know. I are, was you, just, are you focused on, I'm just going to get better? That I, at this stage, I couldn't even think. I didn't know what the fuck. I had no, like, it was two days before my friends were able to even get back down to me. And before I knew what, I didn't even know what was going on because I was still, you know, it was a couple of days you're morphing out of it. Like, and like, I remember the day my friends got there and I was like, Brendan, I was like, oh, lads, I'm, you know, I was fair glad to see you. And Brendan was like, I remember him opening a bottle of Coke and just, you know, because they would, I love a fucking can of Coke or a bottle of Coke, right? And I, uh, I would have been, you know, the hospital would be like, you know, water, water, mm. water. And Brendan came in, he's like, they're here. And he gave me a sip of Coke. And I was like, I couldn't, he had to give it to me. Like, and I, like, and then I was like, I could barely move like this to get, suck out the straw. And like, I was completely fucked. Like, and then I got kind of chatting to the boys. Like, and I was like, what the fuck? Is this not good, is it? And they're saying, like, I mightn't walk again. And when they, I kind of, like, the lads are like, hmm, yeah, this is not good. Like, and, but then I, I didn't, it wasn't ready. Do you know, at that stage, I was like, the 20-something-year-old like, so immortal yeah. brain doesn't process He that. wasn't fucking thinking about the long, the long haul. Or he was like, I honestly swear to God, I was actually thinking, these don't know me, I'll be all right, I'll be grand. I'm, I'll, I'm fucking, I'll be okay. I, and then I remember saying to the lads that when nurse came over and she had the nurse had called the boys in and they were they were 
giving them the lowdown like of how bad things were and the boys I could see the boys coming out like and they're like Mm-hmm. no you might be okay do you know and we're like trying to keep the best of, but I could see it in the boys faces and he if he can't lie for shit and Alan would be Alan would be like a really solid friend right and I could see it in Alan's face I remember coming in he was like fucking do you know the face gone back in him he was like oh shit he's fucked <laughs> kind of so that was kind of I, I couldn't really think I didn't I was oh, I was like okay just what do I do next? Like, how the fuck do I get home? That was my biggest worry. Who did you Who did you want to see the most when you were in hospital? Who did you, Whose face did you want to see coming in the door? I was pretty happy when just my sisters came in the door. Well, mom and dad and my sisters, like, I was, because, and then I was like, didn't want to have to fucking bring him to Australia for this shit. Like, you know, and, but when I seen him, I was, the relief was like, Okay, now now we can go forward. go forward. Yeah, and what the fuck do I have to do? Like because it was it was so I was so shook that like it was I wasn't say I wasn't life and death like but say at the start it was like maybe you know it's not good he's that bad but then when I say I remember saying to dad in the phone dad rang me goes when I came round after speaking to Carolyn and he's like are you like they're they're not saying it, they're saying it's not good and I said look. And I can very remember this. I'm fucked, but I ain't going to die. And then he said, that's grand. Well, look, we'll, he said, just, you know, do what you have to do, blah, blah, blah. And then I was talking to the rest of the family and fucking everyone's ringing me. And, you know. What what, what did it take to get from there to on a plane home? Oh, fucking a lot, of, a lot of hard work because first of all, they told me that I wouldn't be strong enough to travel home for at least three months, right? And I was like, no way am I staying for three months. And it's funny, I said to Dr. Leslie there, I'll be going out here in a fucking month, I'm telling you now, right? Uh, one day we were talking and that was grand. When, like, Don, then I had North go in Ireland because Don Leary had a fucking, as they still do, backlog down the road, couldn't get people in. And they told, the Irish kind of HC told me, don't come home. That's basically, there's not a bed in Dunleary. You'll be put into a ma- the matter. And thankfully, right, because we were building, this is like, do you know, certain things happen for a reason, I think, maybe. I don't know, maybe they just happen. And I put, the, do you know that question you asked mm. some of the lads? So we were, because we're builders, we were building a house, right, for one of the top dudes in the HS. Well, we're actually his partner. We were building a house for her in Greg Namana. And Dad, yeah, dad was building the house, like, and, and next thing during this accident, so they obviously had to leave. So next mm. thing, we went to the HSC and was like, "Listen, don't come home. You're fucked. You know, like, there's nothing. You stay there and come home after Christmas. We we try to get you into the system, get you a bed in six to eight months, blah blah blah. And I need to rehab now. And then, so this guy that was building the house for, he was like, "Leave it with me." And he rang dad, he's like, as soon as he can get on a flight, get him on a flight, don't worry about the rest. Brilliant. And then... That must have been some relief Unbelievable. For like for mom and dad, and then mom would have been at kind of a stage when the MS was starting to affect her. So this was, and this stress then on MS is fucking like, you know, she, did, she would have had to use a wheelchair to travel a bit and that as well. And it was fucking, it was just a mess, you know. And then we... So then, like, 
the family is there, like, and you're, it's fucking, like, I never, so my sister, Becky, right, I, I'll never forget this, so, I was there, they put me into the wheelchair, like, and I could see the family, like, This is just, in Australia, or when you This is in home? Australia, because mum and dad and my two sisters came out to me, right? And was it hard to get to a stage where you were in a wheelchair? Man, I was being held up in a wheelchair, like, it was like, I couldn't sit in a wheelchair, I'd just fall over it, like, so they had me strapped to the back of it. And were you in pain every time they moved you? Oh, fucking horrendous. It was like, oh, so every time they moved me, lad, it was horrible for a couple of weeks. I mean, absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. And so I remember one day they moved me in. I was like, I can't. I think it was after getting the the big frame off my head, right? And I was like, but then they had me on the neck brace. So if you took off the neck brace, I was just gone over like this, like, you know. And if you took off the strap off my chest, I'd just fall onto my knees. I'd be sitting in the chair, but I had no core stability. So we then, yeah, my sister, I was like, oh, can you just wipe me? I was just, can you just wipe my head there? One day? Just my sisters were there. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. She went to go up, wipe me. And I said, ah! Started as my sister, she just start roaring, crying. But I just start laughing. Like I wasn't even messing with her. Like do you know, <laughs> and she was fucking. She bawled her eyes out, and <laughs> and it was like, and I, it was fucking brilliant. But uh, I, I remember, do you know. And next thing, I said, "Look, we're just gonna have to fuck get on with this and whatever." So basically, then the family they were really involved. The hospital really involved the family, and like say they would have been. So they get me up every morning and to get the family in, I'd be up to physio and down to OT and I can't do jack shit now. They're pushing me around. But I remember they put me in the wheelchair. This is still in Australia. This now. is still in Australia about a week after the accident, maybe two weeks after the accident. And they're starting to send me up to physio. And they put me into the chair one more. Now I remember I can't do nothing with my hands. And your mom was like, physio, go out the door, up the top of the corridor, go left. And That's what she said, asked you to do. Told me. And I was like, what? I said, I can't fucking... I said, you have to feed me this morning, my breakfast. I can't lift my arms. Like, at this stage, I'm, my, arms, my arms are like this, like, and they can hang down by the wheel. And she goes, you're not going to have any sympathy here. She said, I'll show you where it is today, but you make your own way back. And, like, the physio brought me down that evening. And I was like, is she fucking serious? Like, and he goes, look, she's unreal. She's a savage. They're brilliant. The nurses were brilliant over there. And then I came back the next day, next evening. I said, sure, I'm not going to push myself up there tomorrow. And she was there, you fucking will. And, like, I remember... Just I barely I could barely move my arms like an inch and I hear a wheel. So I like but she's a part of your physio, she said. She said if it takes you three hours, no problem. She says she said if it takes you three hours, turn and come straight back then for your dinner. Like, do you know this kind of it was like Were you able to move? Nah, it was barely, but then you'd get someone I'd see and they'd give you, Oh, do you want to push or whatever? And that was but it was tough kind of not tough love. They were brilliant. The fucking nurses and doctors were brilliant over there. How was it like getting up on the plane? In the in Australia After, to come home. Grand lad was first class. It was, uh, we got first class um, home, myself and, so my parents and my sisters had to go home then after about three weeks and I would have had to stay with everything organised that I'd fly home the following Saturday it was to get flights, couldn't get flights, you know, to suit everyone and to get my flight, get me home, we either had to take out 10 seats out of an ordinary plane and put a medical room at the back of a plane for me or put me first class and send two paramedics with me. Is that what happened? So I got first class, two paramedics flew out from Amsterdam um, with their in part of my holiday insurance. They came out and then stayed for a day or two with me in the hospital there and then flew me back to Ireland. First class from 
I got first class to Germany and then I got into an air ambulance from Germany to Dublin. So we, um, that, that was must a, have been weird. That was a tough journey, boy. Because the, the toughest thing about that was because I was going to be traveling for two, two and a half days, that they bung me up. So, because I had no control of any internals, bowels, bladder, all that was like none gone. Yeah. So, like, it'd be like not working properly and stuff. So, and th- when you say bung me up, is that, is that like what it sounds like? Uh, uh, you can me, me stuff. Yeah, that I can't go. So, killer thing when I got back to pain, when I got back to Dublin. I was completely caught up yeah. and then you know it took a couple of days like that was a fuck and then you're you don't know what's hurting you really because you just, know, sig- you're, you just yeah. know you're fucking and like the first week back in Dunleary was that was that was fucking tough like, so that, all that probably took the joy out of actually landing home did it? I'll never forget by hearing the two dubs when they opened the door of the air ambulance and I was like oh right boy what's sorry do you know and it was like oh man, fucking, last time I would have been was up in Dublin and all Ireland or something like that and it was like being fucked over. Was it a great feeling? Oh man, it was like, I just looked at him and I just said, oh man, it's so good to hear your voice. And then they put me in the ambulance and brought me on out to the matter. But then that night in the matter, by all oh, the pain, because they put me onto just a random fucking bed with like no air mattress, no nothing. And I had all these things in Australia and I'll never forget, I was in some pain and then that was a Friday next thing decided they weren't going to move me till Monday because they didn't take people in Dunleary on a Monday. So it's like, right, Dad, get onto your buddy in the HSC. And next thing we made a call and he was like, get him out of there. So an ambulance came. It was actually, I was fucking blessed. They got me out to Dunleary. Now the consultant out in Dunleary was a little bit pissed off because they didn't take people on a Friday. But I was, the bed was free because, but that person was gone home, but, they weren't just taking people in till Monday and I was like I would not stay in the matter I was like get me I was just in then I was tired and I was I was a little bollocks you know How long were you in Dunleary? Nine months What si- What was your there had to be a moment that you the realisation of everything hit you Well the real, one lowest. so the realisation hit me one night in Australia Um, I wanted to go to bed and I couldn't get out of bed and family were all around me and we had to call a nurse because I had to be hoisted every time I wanted to be moved. Like, so they were, I asked and it was after seven or eight o'clock or something and you know, no, no, if in your condition you, you're not allowed out of bed until... And I said, what? I'm fucking 22. Like, you can't tell me I can't get out of bed. And she said, but we don't... You know, I didn't understand they didn't have the staff to... So I was getting a bit upset and I was like, get me the fuck out of bed, you know, and I was getting a little, probably a bit ratty. And then the lads would have been there maybe. And no, the lads weren't around that night, but my family were, mom and dad. Next thing I got into the chair and I was thick and I was like upset. And I remember going outside the front door. I, can, I can't remember. I remember, yeah, we were all going out and kind of, you know, the, the back part of where we would have been in the hospital. You could go outside an area there and was, it wasn't the main entrance, but there would have been a lot of traffic going in now. And I got upset. And I actually remember literally crying for two hours. And dad pushed me around the corner and said to the lads, the sisters, and I could go on back inside. And I, and I remember being actually, this one, I can remember my T-shirt just being soaked from tears, you know, for two hours. And I swear to God, right, got it out of my system do you know like sometimes you just have to mm. have a fucking cry and it just relieves you 
And after I had that relief, I was like, well, because like, I couldn't really wipe myself. I was like, oh. <laughs> this like, and next thing wiped me eyes, brought me back in. I went back in and got into bed and I got up the next day and went out. And that was it. Just, you made a decision. Fucking, I have to do what I have to do. And I remember dad just sitting over waiting for me, just fucking, just get it out of my system. And yeah, the next day it was just, I went down and just went to physio and just fucking. Un- and when you were in Dunleary, is that just physio, physio, physio? Basically Dunleary. So when I got back to Dunleary first, I was, first of all, I was after being in like the state-of-the-art hospital in Australia and I got back to Dunleary and I thought it was like, do you know, what the fuck? Peru. <laughs> yeah, I was like, after being dropped off in the third world country here, lads, why is there no... Is it that different? Oh, fuck, man. Like this room, I had a room, see this room? I probably had twice the size of this room in Australia, right? And I had my own little kitchen, a bathroom, but there was four of us in the room. So it was a massive room. We had every, like fucking flat screen TVs, like this 20 something years ago, right? And then I came back to Dunleary. One telly at the end of the ward, beds, single beds together that you'd be lucky to get the wheelchair in and out between. And then just different. But the hospital was like a fucking, like an old convent or something. And that was a bit of a like, and then it was a different setup with the nurses and doctors were not as, you know, in Australia, anything is possible, anything is possible, anything is possible. Here's like, now you're fucked. You know, honest to God, <laughs> literally you're, that's it. And me and- Did you feel fucked? E- never, f- maybe a little bit fucked, but not fucked fucked. Like, you know when you're spending a lot of time on your own? And I you're didn't. in your own head. I wasn't spending a lot of time on my own though. That was the thing, right? I was in the hospital. It's fucking goal that it's up. You're awake at seven o'clock in the morning. You're up. You're getting showered. You're going down for breakfast. You're physio. You're OT. You're in the gym. You're fucking. So did you did you get yourself out of your own head? What like you did you focus on getting to work? I just yeah. I just focused on. To be honest, lad, right, and in life in general with me, I just go and do shit, right? I don't think things, overthink things. I'm not an overthinker, if you know what I mean. So I didn't, I wasn't one of the people. You weren't thinking in the future? I actually thought, I know where of a lie, I thought I'd be back hurling and playing soccer. In If I'm not ready in 12 months, I'll definitely be ready for the following year. That was my, in my little that I fucking know. And that was what kept me going for a while until mm. I realised. And then... You know, at this stage I was back in Ireland and the only thing that I had moving was a little flicker in this little baby finger. That's the only thing after that... After that length of time? After four weeks, right? And I was back in Dunleary one night and dad was up and I was in bad form, right? And he was like, did you try to move your feet today? And I'm like, did you fucking ask me, what do you think I'm up doing up here? And he's like, yeah, but did you, tr- did you try? And I'm like, I fucking tell you one thing. You're lucky I can't use my leg. Or, like, what? Like, of course I'm fucking trying. Show me. I'm sh- trying all day. Like, and the next thing he pulled back to do, move your... T-. And I was like, getting fucking queer tick. Like, um, like I, do you know? Yeah. What do you think I'm that kind of thing? And next thing, my, my big toe on my left foot moved. And I'm like, the, the two of us were looking at each other. Like, what the fuck? And next thing, I done it again. But now I had to see, I was getting a lot of involuntary 
spasms then as well. So like spasms are crazy. So I was like, get the nurse, get the nurse. So next nurse come down, she's like, yeah, look, don't get excited, but it's probably a spasm. But I knew it wasn't a spasm. Now this is a stupid question. Yeah. So what what does it feel like? So like when you feel, so you're feeling nothing or are you feeling sizzling? So so from my chest down, right, I was, I was touch, at this stage, touch wasn't, you wouldn't really feel anything. Like it was, you know, someone putting their hand on mm. you kind of, kind of felt, there was not, there was, you know, just at this stage, this early stage, it was like, I'm not really feeling a whole lot. But then you'd start, it was like, you know, if I put a little pin in your arm, it was like yeah. if someone touched it, then you'd feel like a little pin touching it. You so know when you're I, looking at your toe, like you're mm. just going, move! I'm just like, <laughs> move! <laughs> Do you know, like as if you went as hard as you could to push that wall. Yeah. When you're not pushing it. That's what it felt like to fucking try and move that little toe. And I knew I gave it two flakers, but I was wore out then. I couldn't do it for the nurse. And she was there, no, it could be spasm. I said, no, it's not. And then the next day I went down and my physio, this is one of the people that I give, I'd be still in a wheelchair only for her, right? Amanda Carty, right? Um, Because when I got back to Ireland as well, I went kind of loggerheads with the consultant over she wanted me doing wheelchair skills and all this shit and I'm here I'm fucking here to walk I'm not going practicing doing wheelchair skills and unless it's me walking I'm not doing it and this wasn't it's rehab it's the best of your ability whatever you had so Amanda was like listen just tell her you'll do whatever you do and I'll just do everything to walk, make you walk and it was just she was you know she was diplomatic and she was able to play me and got me going but I, I tried to go down the next day and show Amanda that I had movement but no, I couldn't fucking do it. And so and I couldn't get it back for a day or two. And then I kind of rested. I said, I'll rest for a day or two. And then I went down the next day and I was like, listen, watch this. And next thing it moved. And she, then when she seen that, that's when the fucking thought So was. once you see that movement, that means the pathway is there. Something There's there. a signal going through. There's something there. Now it could be very, could be involuntary because of all the spasms. But when you can see the control and you can move it up, and down and when I say move it like that's like two mil you know like it's like that you could barely see it if you blinked you'd miss it so that's how so do you just keep working on that working on that working on that yeah man just like do you know them videos you see of the lads struggling on the bar like to yeah. get to struggle on them bars there's some work to go into that like I how long how long did it take for you to get up on the bar Maybe six months, uh, maybe seven months, probably. To, like to, to get the fucking stand. And then like you have to remember every, so you're put on this bed, right? Next thing to bring you up maybe a couple of inches each day. But the minute you come up a foot or two foot, like your head is spinning, you're dizzy. You remember you're on your back there yeah. for the last couple of weeks. Your head is spinning. And you're in pain when you're doing all that. I, I think I was weak. lucky, right? I don't, I, and I didn't know I'd done this, right? But afterwards, so I, I told myself I was stiff and I wasn't in pain. And it's a really good thing I only found out afterwards because, no, I don't know why, or did someone set this seed in my head? Because if you're in pain, you're kind of like, oh, I'm in pain. But if you're stiff, I'm just a bit stiff. Yeah. Do you know? So I had that. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was just taking it on and I was fucking going to get better. Do you know? That was my head. And then one or two people had told me I couldn't. So I was like, I'd fucking show you. Do you know? So, we just kind of went at it and physio like every day. Like, I mean, like, like, do you know, I, to get to the six months to the seven months that where 
like they even stand, I'll never, the, 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 the most pain I was ever in, I threw all my accident was the day that, so do you know the little physio beds that you would be on and say open chains, hmm. right? And so I'm sitting, they had me sitting on the, on the side of one of these, right? And I, so first of all, I would have had to try, like I had no core stability. So imagine if you sat me on that table, I just fall straight over, like a infant baby, right? Yeah. That basically what happened, I was taken back to infancy. Do you know, that's yeah. kind of what was in my head. And then I was thinking, well, look, worst case scenario, I'll fucking learn how to walk. You'll be able to walk by the time you're two. So this is what, <laughs> this is I, this is the way I was thinking, honest yeah. to God. And yeah, so we just start like, and I mean like little movements in your feet and your hands. And then I had to get every day, get different massage because my hands were all locking up then yeah. and my legs be locking up and you just go through it every fucking day. And then you get a little bit stronger and you might be able to start doing weights. Like, and you're like, I'm can you remember what your, what you felt your greatest achievement was? After that, um, been from for to be able to walk where you went. Oh, I this is this is ha gonna happen. Well, I tell you right, I so I had my accident on the twenty eighth September. Right? Actually, no, I tell you, yeah, sorry, I'll tell you when I stood. Right, so sorry, it wasn't September, October, November, December. Right, and you have little goals. You have goal settings meetings every week. Right, and I would have been the first goal. Right was got back and said, right, so to get home for a weekend, you have to be able to transfer. I said, oh, and you were here, yeah. Well, you'd be very lucky to be able to do it in a month. Uh, like, so when I say transfer, it means you're in your wheelchair, you put a board from there to the seat of the car and you have to kind of get yourself across and stuff like that. But as fucked as I was, right, I was only back in Ireland a week, but I was starting to get a bit of strength in my arms and I pulled myself and dragged myself. And I said to the nurse, Miss, can I go home on Friday if I may have to transfer? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause no, and she said to that, look, there's no, he'll be lucky to be able to transfer in a month. And so I went down and got a fucking board. Like they showed us dad and me and the family how that I'd have to transfer. And dad would be coming up in the evenings and I'd go out to the car park. And so on the following Friday, I was able to transfer. Now we had help from dad and like, mm. I mean, fucking dragged myself around and like took me a while. And then they were like, oh, well, no, there's other things I have to do as well. And I was like a loon. You said if I could transfer. And she was like, yeah, but do you know I did? So I actually what happened that Saturday is I got dad to come up Saturday morning to, to say he was just going to, now that I could transfer and I can't go home, that he was just going to bring me for a drive over to my aunt's house in Dublin. I didn't have an aunt in Dublin. So we drove to Kilkenny and I got home. But my friends had set up fucking ramps to come into the house and everything. And it was, oh, that like was, man, it was, because I hadn't been home for 12, 14 weeks and that was unbelievable. Like to get in and just sit in my kitchen, just, it was, I was home, I was okay then. Yeah. That's, you know, like back progress. in my own, yeah, that was progress. And then that would have been a big thing. I remember getting home and I just remember the relief in my kitchen, sitting there, but then everyone was home to see me and my friends were Is up. Is that and, hard? Yeah. It's hard seeing your friends looking at you. How about your dog? I'll never forget. At this stage then, so me and Abby hadn't really got any relationship because there was, she was with her mom and I hadn't started to see her yet. There was a big fucking shit show there, right? And now once I got back out of the hospital, I'd been in contact with her mom. I was just so much shit going on, right? So then I basically contacted Ab's mom, say kind of when I knew I was getting out of the hospital, I said, listen, 
shit, we had been talking before that and you know and look let me clear up this shit and we'll sort things out and we sorted things out then and so it was only but that was say would have been I would Abby would have I would have missed a lot of Abby's first year you know that's a killer for me I'll never get that back and that's something that's always kind of eats away at me but look we make up for it always and stuff but we the other thing going back yeah so that when I got home and the other thing was right was trying to stand right and I was coming home at the weekends right they wouldn't let you do certain stuff in the hospital and then I'd fucking get my friends to lift me out of the chair and try stand me like the big boys would be <laughs> do you know it's like an next thing to let me go for a minute gone do you know and they're like but I'd be pushing the boys on but uh, going back to the, the thing I'll never forget Hannah's right when I was in Dunleary right and the lads the lads arrived up right say that weekend it was actually two of my fucking best mates 21st back in Kilkenny the weekend I got back and I was actually getting on to him can I go back to the 21st in the hospital and they were like what you do you realize where you are and shit so a lot of the boys I arrived back in the starting by the time I got into Dunleary the lads come up on the Sunday or the Monday or Tuesday and, and Hannah's been my next door neighbor right? and we'd be very very close right and he walked in and Hannah's is not one for fucking do you know it is what it is with Hannah's and I could I could just see him like his face just went pale and he was like well and he just he couldn't really fucking talk I'll never forget he was the one do you know the other boys three of the boys had seen yeah. and they had told the other boys and then it one was such him, a shock for him yeah because I would have said and did he, you find that a shock I kind of could I was like it's hard to see him because you were there, someone's looking at me different. He's looking like me as I'm fucked, and I am fucked. And but like, see, we would have been over the years. Like, say, I would have next door neighbor, and we grew up and ran everything together. Like, and you know, I would have been a year, a couple of years older than him. Say, so I would have been a fucking hardier, a bit hardier than him until you know, well, until he got to about fucking seventeen or eighteen, and then he turned into a big fucking tank. And but. Do you know he would he st- do you know when you're coming up along and I would have been a year too older and you're always stronger than the younger lads and you'd be fucking do you know he was always tagging along behind me and that's how we got friends and and I just remember he was he's a big hardy cunt like do you know and next thing he looks at me and he's like I would have been you no know, I would have been tough enough not do you know hardy do you know you're working on the buildings you're playing soccer and hurling mm. and you're on the go the whole time and next thing fucking yeah he sees me and bang it's fucking lights out like he's like he's like I could see it in his face like saying he's fucked he's fucked and how long before you were home for good out of the hospital nine months nine months and you were walking no I was getting on my feet you could like, stand stand and walk very slowly and I walked I, I walked out of the hospital it took me fucking a long time I walked out of the hospital on a Zimmer frame from the bed out of the ward down the ramp and down to the car and that was a big thing, you know, getting, because I fucking said I'd walk out here and I did walk out there, but it took me a while. But <laughs> when you came home, moved home with mum and dad. Yeah. What was tough. New Life Evan like? I was getting used to the, the hospital because... Um, Constant help. Everyone was there in the wheelchair and I'm, at this stage, I'm leaving the hospital. I'm the fucking, I'm the boy there. I'm, these, these, these boys coming in after their accidents, they're weak. I'm the strong lad, you know. Yeah. The next thing you go back and you're fucked and you're trying to get around the house. Now, we would have had a nice, fine house at home. So I would have had the space and that, but um, they had... They, but you wouldn't have they, had the help? No, but that's when my, like, my sister's, like... Joanne 
And well, look, everyone at home was brilliant, but my sister Joanne then just became like, she's just unbelievable. Like, do you know, since. Do you need still, a carer? No, I was able to, at that stage, I was able to be independent myself, health wise and care wise and stuff like that. And, but I would have needed a lot of help just getting around and getting food. Do you know, I just fucking doing everything. Like, do you know, like, I just. Like, you know, if you wanted to grow up... But you still hadn't stopped trying to get your... It's always a constant, try to get better, try to get I'm better. I'm still at it, lad. I'm still trying to get better. So, do you know... Were I, you able to get back to work? I... So, the OT, because I was an electrician, the OT had this role in the ESB in Waterford coming up. So, I, I took two weeks off after I left hospital and then started work in Grace Jude in Waterford. Doing? Fucking accounts. I didn't, they just thought it was going to be some electrical thing and sent me down. And I said, oh, sure, I'll go down and see what it is. Next thing I was in accounts, processing invoices. Probably fucking go in the morning, look in your inbox and there's like 400 invoices. Like, no, there's a fucking clatter, 100 people in this apartment, in this department, paying invoices for all of Ireland. And next thing I'm like, all right, okay, yeah, sure, look, I'll do it. I'm out of house, bloody. But I was at back driving at there because you do driving lessons up there. And I had a car, I, I, I came back like, and done it, got the car and fucking next thing start driving down to Grace Jew in the morning and next thing went grand yeah two, four hundred invoices start processing them, come down to go down and have your tea and you're after getting through twenty or thirty or forty or whatever. Next thing come back up and another fucking two hundred put into your inbox. <laughs> like so I done that for six months and I was like, sorry. They then they offered me a job and I was like, no, it's okay. It's like it was kind of an internship kind of thing. I was getting paid for like, you know. Hmm kind of a few pound like just kind of and yeah then six months at that then that was enough of that then I went into the Kenny leader partnership and I was in there for a little while didn't like that I was kind of working I was getting in and out with an engineer in there and then he left I had to stay in the office the whole time so then I was like no I'm gone so at the time, dad would have had a pub as well. Um, dad had a pub over in Ballymurphy. It was halfway between there and her home place, right? And so he would have been living over there. And then this pub came up for sale in the middle. And we were like, geez, will we get that? So it turns out someone else, uh, do you know Philly Mac, Philly McBride? No. Car, he's a car car fucking um, spare parts man down in Hogginstown fucking he's a character but he went and bought it, but he'd have a load of money like you know and don't mind bidding Show against him shout out to Phil Phil big Philly Mac <laughs> ride but he's a, he's a legend down our way yeah and well known but um, Philly Mac bought the pub and then we were, co- that, we were coming out of the auction and was like do you know what are you doing with and basically that, he bought it with another guy that dad would have known really when he goes do you want to uh, why are we interested and do you want to so we might want something to run it. So we'd actually, we ran that for three years. So then we, yeah, we were in there for three years and then that was a fucking nightmare because that's a tough trade by the pub. Like that's a, you, you work hard and I was starting to be on my feet and I, I could furniture walk. So I was behind the bar and I was able to pull points and serve and, you know, I do it to a certain time and then when it gets busy, I just get out of staff's way and it's kind of just organized. It was like, then, but then in the meantime, so where I had my accident, right, in Australia, there was 22 accidents there before me. So when I left Australia, there was going to be a case. These solicitors come on. And so basically, long story short, that 
2007 I had my accident and then seven this I basically gave my information gave a statement and left Australia and next thing these solicitors came back and said listen there's 22 fucking cases this should have been shut down this should have been done this so we have a case so that kind of went on for a little while and then in 2014 that came up ahead so 2013 and 2014 would have been my toughest years because the stress of that we had the pub and then I had to go back to Australia for a case, which I might, so I wasn't, there was a load of different cases and they're all going to be starting coming. But then whatever, mine had the best evidence and I had been injured. Injured. Um, but now just everyone had these injuries. Like, I mean, like what they said to me in the hospital when I came in, they were like, oh, Lake Wabi, Fraser, another spinal injury. Like there was 22 proper serious accidents in this spa. And... It was just whatever fucking way the land is laid and you just get caught. And so my case went to, went ahead and we won, right? So the relief then, because at this stage I didn't know where the fuck life was going. Were you, were you and your family, were you under an awful lot of financial strain because of your injury? Yeah, like not really, because I tell you now, I'm, I'm very lucky that... So, so the people at Thomas done done a fundraiser for me, right? And they raised twenty five thousand for me, and I used that for five years, a hundred euro a week on physio for five years, and I was fucked on it for that, right? And in that time, I met this this Ukrainian girl, or no, she was she was from Ukraine actually, yeah. She worked in the Spring Hill in Kilkenny, and she was after working with people with spinal injuries in before and at this stage now if you touch me I was going into spasm so she started working with me and helped me would have to pay her so it was probably about a, a year or for five years I would have been doing that and then I was working a little bit and I was trying to be on disability but then at this stage fucking finances were, were running low it was in 2007 I had my accident so you, you know them five years were fucking touch and go for a lot of people but luckily look mom and dad would have you know, had good, you know, they would have they had, had means. They had means, yeah. And that probably didn't feel good for you. No, but at the same time, I wasn't getting a whole lot. It was the money that the, the, the town raised for me, right? And then after that, then we would have, say, then I got me a few bob, right? So straight away, I had the building background, right? And I went, my sister's in college in Cork, right? And I seen what the fucking rents were there. So I was like, right, let's go down and look at some property in Cork. So basically then got in and done one or two houses because we had the building background, flipped them. Done them up. And done them up, flipped them, made a few pounds, then done it again and start doing it again. So you built a property portfolio? Yes. So now, look, I would have got enough, say, I was lucky I got a few bob to start it off. Do you know what I mean? But... I'm fucking lucky now that I went. How to, much did you get? Go on, would me. you believe, right? And this is the best no thing. No one has asked that question, I mean. <laughs> and you don't have to tell me. Well, actually, so I, I that was something I was worried about how much I got, right? Telling people or whatever. But I had this so we done the deal, right? Um it was so we fought the case, I won the case, and then we had to do I did we, I, there was no money given. Right, so we had to go back and fight then on the fees, how much oh, it was yeah. to get. So it's done different like that. So we were on Zoom doing this, right? And my solicitors are here and 
me and dad were here, middle of the night, out in our house, and mom, mom and dad were there with me, and then we agreed a fee, and I was, I, I should have got more probably for the shit that I went through. But look, we we're at a stage where I wanted to get on with my life, and it was you it just was, wanted to start was, another. It was chapter. enough to get me going, right? Mm. It was, it was. Look, it was decent money. But they came back then. They said we'll only give you that, but you have to sign a non-disclosure form. I'm here, and I would have offered the money for them to fucking because I didn't want people, you know, not knowing mm. stuff. So I signed signed a non-disclosure form. So that's why I can't tell you, but I might tell you. That was a long way of telling me you can't tell me you bollocks you. So <laughs> I knew because you thought you were going to get it there. But, fucking prick But yeah. that's the question, right, that I get. A lot, some people right, wouldn't dare ask you, right? Well, but I don't mind you asking but me. But I'll tell you why. Uh, there's no money pay you. No money. And I wouldn't wish what I went through on my worst enemy. Like I've, I met you just j- just last yeah. week there I met you Vicky talked to you on the phone a few times Vicky is you're lucky there yeah I don't know what the fuck she's, I know I know yeah, punching punching yeah you're doing well yeah. but um, it's it's a hard road and it's not I, I, I think that I don't know how you do it I hurt me back this week right? I'm not saying that, right? yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying before anyone goes I'm not saying that I had a spinal injury I know but it's debilitating and pain I don't know how people do it it's like you, you, like, do you struggle every day? Or you don't uh, even care? Like, I, from the few times I'm ever talking to you, you're, it is you're what such it is. a, I don't just, I'm just going to do this day. Yeah. This is my day. This is, and like, I'm going to make the most of right, it. Right, and I will buy, right, I, I'm, I, everyone will know me, right, I'm, they'll be like, that fucker never shuts up talking, right, but I, I like talking to people, right? Mm. And you learn a lot, and you meet characters, and. I love talking to people too. Yeah, it's fucking, you, you learn off different people, right? And you take a little bit off everyone, right? But this old boy said to me years ago, he said, he's like, life's a game of cards. He says, life's a game of poker. He said, you just have to play the hand you're dealt. And I kind of took it in. I was like, fuck yeah. He was like, I was looking at him. And he was like, if you get a bad hand, you still have to fucking play it. And it, he said, do you know what? He said, you can win with a bad hand. And I was like thinking, do you know, he's fucking right. Like, do you know? Do you, do you ever get down? Nah, maybe f- like I so do you know the way like you you wouldn't see a whole lot of things on social media about me right because I fucking don't post shit in that because every fucker has to be depressed to do something do you know do you know like not everyone but a lot of lads like feel oh I was suffering from depression bloody but I, I honestly never suffer from depression might have been in bad form for a couple of days but for a couple for is your couple, fatter like that um, nah, I don't know. I, nah, dad is just always on the go. Do you know, like, he's like, fucking hell, just. You're always on the go. Yeah. You work every single day. Yeah, I work out every day and I work every day. So we do a little bit with the houses. And so then I also have, um. so back in, back in, Jesus, I don't know how many years, like I said, not good years, so. I start you because I'm still a little bit, you know, walking around. I'm slow and steps and shit. Mm. So back in a good few years ago, right, when I was good enough to stand and shit, I was out in Portugal on holidays and I seen these dudes on segways. I was like, fuck me, if I could get a segway. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right? You ever fucking learn me, dear man? I could get around a lot easier. So I got a segway and 
lad, the Segway changed my life. I seen you rocking around the other oh, day. I fucking, Segway changed my life, lads, I swear. So I can literally do, go anywhere, do anything that I could do walking, but I'm on a Segway. So... The one, most ironic thing I seen in the last week was this yeah. lad getting over fucking GTR, right? <laughs> Hopping over to the back of it, getting the out and tearing around this car park. And lad's looking like, what the fuck is going on here? But so I, I went down, so I came back from Portugal and I was like, I need to go fucking see how can I go on a Segway. So I got on a Segway and next thing... People start, I was going around, right, and next thing people would see me. So I ended up fucking starting up a Segway tour business. And we have, um, we do this thing now called Segway for Schools. We have about fucking, Jesus, I said close to 40 Segways, right? And I have a crew of guys go to schools all around the country doing Segways for school every day. So they, we set up an obstacle course and that just came out of fucking. That's brilliant. It's fucking funny. Like, but then the thing is with the Segway lad, right? So I got the Segway and I love fucking, I love GAA, right? I, I'm very passionate about it, right? And when I was on me, like I was a cunt when I was young. I was like, do you know, I'd have a soccer match Sunday morning, but I'd be drinking Saturday night. I, I just, and then I was like, when I seen how good people are in the town and how, do you know, the GAA is the source of that and the fundraising and the way people were good with me, mm. I decided like, look, to give back to the town and, and I was at Thomastown matches right and I reckon I could see what was wrong with some of the things. And I, you know. Infrastructure me, wise or no, just the training? No, just wrong with the team. Yeah. That just we, I believed more and just we weren't winning things. So I got involved, um, myself and one of my best mates, Derma, Dara, Dara McGarry. Um, do you know the Kenny goalie, James mm. McGarry? His son, Dara. Um, and then my next door neighbour, Tucker, Hannah's brother. And kind of, I kind of picked the, t I wanted to do it and I picked, asked the lads to do it for particular reasons, right? And so we took over a minor team that were like fucking shite and we won the county final and we won the double. And it was like, lad, this is one of the best, I, I was so happy because it gave back, right? But the bond we had with the young lads, because we were a young bunch and a fucking crack lad, but I'm zipping up and down the line on a Segway. Like, so you can imagine how I fucking... And people that don't know you must think you're a fucking eager. What the fuck <laughs> is this lad? Get off the fucking pitch with that joke, you. Do you know? But then up around Kilkenny, everyone had known me yeah. and I get away. So I went down to Waterford one night, right? So this was after, we were with the Biners. So then I went on, I was with the Miners for one or two years and we'd done well. And then I got involved with the club the Camogie team, right? And we're down in Waterford one night and we're playing um Waterford team and it was fucking, you know, intense. And we had a good team, good girls, like, and they had a good team. It was fucking, this was still only a challenge, like, but it was fucking, and uh, John Milan was over at the far side. He would have been over the team, right? Mm. And so at one side of the fucking thing, I was there on the line and I was like, we were getting a little bit of a roasting down in this corner. So the guy over the team with me was like, I said, listen, I'll go down to that corner, I said, because the fucking distraction then comes straight on me. Mm. So I went down to the corner, I was like, do this, do this, done a bit of shouting, you know, and could see straight away, like, they were all focusing on me, and this one on the line, she started giving me a little bit of shit. Like, like get off the pitch on that, you, who do you think you are on that? And I was like, like, do you oh, think, that awkward. Do you fucking think that, like, she could see the crutches on my arm and the stigma, and I was like, are you stupid? Like, I let it go because, you know, I was like, 
I just go on up the line a little bit more because I had done my job like and I was mm. after fucking distracting and we were covering that area of the pitch. So I was going up and down again and the next thing she fucking took it on herself to, to take me on and I... Tell, so, please tell me you drove over. I just... So I turned right and I stopped and I said, sorry, what's your problem? She said, what's your problem? Why are you doing on the pitch with this? And I said, I have a fucking disability. I said, I am not able to walk. I said... I said, have you a problem with that? Have you a problem with disabled people? And she's like, and I said, I'll tell you what, there's, see that guy up there? He's disabled. Do you want to go up and have a go with him? <laughs> and I said, do you know? And she's like, I could see her. And so then I knew I had her. And next thing, all the people around her were like, oh my God. And do you know? So then I was like, come on, come on up here and we'll have a go at this fucker. Or is it just, you don't want disabled people involved in GAA? I don't mind if you say it. And, so she fucking like went from like down into the, you could she shit herself yeah. like you know so then then I was going off and a few minutes later I was going down the line I just would give her a wink and she was like like that and then I was like she but in fairness to her like she was going out after the match she said I didn't know I didn't know and I said well you should fucking think before you talk shouldn't you and she was like I'm so sorry and I said that's grand I said listen I was only having a bit of crack with you you know and but the thing about the GEA it's fucking Is that your favourite thing to do now? Uh, torment people. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a shit star, all right? I know, like, the GA though. Uh, I took a year out now because I tell you, I was with the girls for three years with, with those management team was there and then the end of last year, I kind of, shit got, I was ended up fucking training my daughter's team and the seniors. Uh, and hardship. Hardship. And then, we were winning. We we don't. We won like two county finals in the three years that I was waiting. But last year, just we lost. Last year's county final was amazing because we lost a load of our best players that were playing with Kilkenny and everything, and they went off traveling, and we were written off. And we got them together and we won, right? But then got a bit of shit off one or two parents that were like, like, and then I was putting all this fucking time, and then some of the girls we, we were down on numbers, and I'm like, I'm putting all this time in even though I'm not the main person, like I just do my little thing and help and I get a little, I can get energy out of people and I can, I can get, I know I can get something out of people that is not just about hurling and GAA. It's, you can get them to push a little bit more. get them to push. When you, it's, I think it's because, so Dara, right, is the guy I mentioned there and, and if you remember, he went through something with a, his mum was killed in the accident, right? Dara has it as well and that's why I picked Dara's a lot younger than me I'm actually friends with Dara's uncle and then when mm. that happened Dara kind of came into our group and he has it it's something when you've been through something really, through some real shit some real shit and we have this passion for it and I swear to God right we done a we done a team talk in the oh, before the minor county final right and they were all around us and we gave it socks like and talked it fucking hyped them up but Inside in the circle, it was electric. You, you know the, that energy you feel in a team sport. And I walked away from Darren. I says, to, I looked at him. He looked at me, and I said, "We're going to fucking win." I knew, I knew. And the boy, but I, then we made this bond with the boys that you know we get on quite well. And then there was one or two on the team that had been through something similar to lost a parent, and he was a fucking somebody, and he had fire in him. Do you know that kind of a way? And so that well, was we're talking about fire now we're, yeah. we're probably running nearly in two yeah. hours now right but I can talk to you all day but people like you right I love getting people like you on because you've been through some real shit yeah and when you're listening 
and hearing and you're in the GAA, you see all these young lads that are struggling and that are under pressure. Like, what advice would you give all them lads? Ah, man, the fuck up. Like, honest to God, lads, right? I know I'm not in a, in a nice way. No, no I know seriously. What you, like, you can say these things better than anyone yeah, like me look, could. You don't fucking realise how lucky you have it. Right, honest to God, we all don't realise how lucky. But even me, I'm fucking very lucky, right? And say the thing with with the kids nowadays, there's an excuse for fucking everything. Just go out and do it. And you know what? The, you grew up, I grew up, we all grew up. Sticks and stones may break your bones. Mm. Bring that shit back because, like, everything is offending. Like, you know, there's it's, we're weakening everyone and by giving them a reason to get upset. And they're, they're promoting weak people. To mm. be weak or be weak. If so he said this to me, he said that to me. Fuck off. Be be happy. Be proud of who you are. Like that's the one thing I learned over. Like I'm going up and down. I don't give a fucking rats if on when I know the people that mean stuff to me. I know what they think of me, and like it doesn't mean to, I draw, I'm, I'm drawing attention on myself going up and down the line and a seg. But I don't really care. But other people need to. You know, young lads need to be proud of what they are or mm. who they are. If you're different, you know you have to take your law. And do what you can with it. Yeah, it's, like I said, play the hand you're dealt and just, just, I don't know, just not to be, just don't take everything. See, with me, I don't take everything too serious. No, I, I'm very serious and, you know, life is serious. But I don't think everything over and over and over, you know, just fucking go with the flow and enjoy things and be, definitely the, time, the thing I've learned over the last couple of years is to enjoy, enjoy, be happy. So don't say so go on. I'm, I want the best for Abby, but the most important thing for Abby, for me with Abby, is that she is happy. And if she's happy, it doesn't matter what job she has. Like, I give her the platform to do anything she wants to do. Anything, right? And I'll work my bollocks off to put that there for her, right? But I don't give a fuck if she's happy. If she's happy cleaning toilets, go do it. But I just want her to be happy because that's more important. Money comes and goes. Mm. that'll go we'll make more do you know what? you can't get time back mm. and you have to be happy are you ready for the questions go on are you ready depends what the questions are what's no I'm not going to do that one because that's obvious <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid one. go on ask me that one for the crack <laughs> what's the what's the worst thing <laughs> uh, I'm not answering that I'm not asking that if you could make just I'd be fucked if there was worse if I could give you, <laughs> you another would, story you would I? you would if you could make one phone call to heaven, who would you call? Um, maybe two. <laughs> I have well, one. I lost a friend when uh, I was 13. He got hit in the temple with a golf ball and died a couple of days later, right? And he got me through a lot. When I'm, when I'm over the years, when I was struggling, now I have a lot of good friends I used to talk to. Fucking, I have the best, best friends and I didn't get to talk to you and tell you how good I lo would have loved to describe and tell you some stories about my friends and, and they're so good but Dickie Dickie died and he's buried out in Stony for a graveyard and I spent over the years a good bit of time when I was feeling shit no not like I said I don't suffer from depression mm. that, but when I when I needed to just fucking maybe go out and have a little tear or maybe fucking just sit there and talk to him he's the guy He's the guy, and then yeah. So I you'd be like, at least I'd I'm love, here. Yeah, I love he. It's funny. I don't know why. Like, obviously, like 
you know, it might be nice to ring your grandparents and stuff like that, but I just feel because Dickie got me through a lot and not being here, I should ring him. And then another friend that passed away, he committed suicide. I'd probably like to ring him as well. Fuck. But I'd like to give him a box in the nose first and then hug him. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. What's something that you're holding on to that you need to let go of? Um, geez, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know if I... I should listen to other people's answers for this, shouldn't I? Before I come up. You I don't, don't have answers? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm... Maybe... I don't really have fucking... I don't really have any... I don't think so. Do you believe I, in God? Believe in fate. God, if you... What does that fucking mean? Whatever the... F no, fate is whatever you believe in that helps you. So, right, I mightn't be... In, I'm not the biggest believer in God. And not, I used to go to Mass to please my mother. And then, you know, as you go older, you go less and you go on the main events of the year. But I fucked when I was nailed. I went to Mass. When I was... Every evening, up in Dunleary, I'd be... There'd be a crew of us lined up at the church going in praying to God can make me walk make me walk so and I used to be in there and be watching the old ones and they're fucking praying away but whatever's out there whatever they're praying to that gets them through so that's their fate so whatever you believe in what do you think happens when you die? Um, I don't know what do you but, think caused that shiver just before you walked up before that accident happened? there's something fucking there's energy shit out there and it's like positive and negative energy and people have it and you feel it now ever yeah I feel like there's an energy on you you have a kind of a you know a good there's a vibe you can come up like I've honestly been asked to talk to people and I don't really I've, you know, we've chatted a couple of times mm. now on the phone and shit like that I felt like I could come up and talk to you like that's a, to me that's a kind of a it's a kind of a gift you can draw people and you're good at talking and that's why I follow you I, I kind of you're kind of cut from the same cloth as me and my friends. We've we've you know, just done the work, done the hard mm. yards, and kind of we're not too big for our boots. We work hard. I've we're all doing okay, and stuff like that. But like, there's Shane, Shane Flynn. Like we didn't even get to talk about Shane, and that's probably one mm. of the reasons we did come up to talk about. But um, you know, there's a fucking energy off him, like you know, yeah. and people have. There's, there's, there's stuff out there. Do you know, there is, a, do you know, there's positives and negatives. Do you know, some people I just don't fucking. You just know. You just know. Not I hate negative cunts. Yeah. I fucking hate negative cunts because like, it's like, say with the car, right? And, right, I go to shows and stuff like that and it's funny, right? White GTR, carbon everywhere. Awesome. I Fire comes out of the back of it. Fire comes out of its hole. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, so I, um, Fuck, last draw was I saying to you there? You're saying about people when you oh, yeah. So because this GTR, right, obviously I, it's my, I needed it because of my disability, it's my wheelchair car. Yeah, so big I wheelchair, it's sticker on it. Obviously, like, yeah, you need to, so, <laughs> so you get free tax, right? So on my tax disc is 0 0.00. So like, you know, it's a fucking nice car, right? And mm. I, I look, I love it. I done it. I done a job. I done it. Dad taught me into fucking getting that one. I was going to buy an older one, and that's. I can't off. believe you blame your father for that. He fucking did. That's I hard cannot to believe. believe you just. We went to England. I went to England to buy an Audi, and Dad, we we 
look, long story short, a fucking car got cancelled and it ended up getting this uh, uh, GTR. And then it was like... What that Audi was it? An S5. You, you made a really good decision yeah, with the GTR. Yeah, I did. I fucking love it. When I drove the other GTR, I was like, that, that was like, you're not buying another one. But we done it. Look, I flipped the house and I made a certain amount on it. And I was like, if I make that amount on it, I'll fucking buy the car. And so they're doing it and because I didn't know what I, was, I didn't know if in, when I'm 40 I could be like a fucking back to being in a wheelchair yeah. so I said fuck it I'm going to enjoy it but so I go to a car show and I do something right and next thing do you know the, these tyre kickers there and they're like sure that joke would be grand but sure who the fuck you wouldn't, I wouldn't pay a fucking two and a half you'd be, you'd be in Egypt to pay two and a half thousand tax and next thing they go over and they see the zero point zero zero and it <laughs> breaks their fucking heart do you know so I yeah. like I said do you remember the day I said yeah, to you yeah, watch yeah. your man and next and thing did. They were, they were coming over and they were looking at the tax on it. I didn't even know people did that. That's, that's a ma- neither did I until I was like, I heard it one or two days. Because you know, they don't know I own the car and I'd be another lad looking at it or whatever. Just imagine, two, that's your be two and a half thousand to tax. The next thing go, and next thing, the, the, the disappointment that it's not two and a half thousand, it's zero point zero zero. She heard me today, your man goes to me, what, what, why is that zero? And I was her, don't say anything, but I'm a, government diplomat <laughs> and he's like are you and he's like, he's like yeah and I went out oh, you know but next question what do you want to be known for after you die um don't know I'm I'd like to manage Thomas down to win a senior county final that's a brilliant answer that'd be good wouldn't it yeah I've been, I'm gonna have to get John again with Shane maybe sometime because it's just one of them podcasts. I could there's no end. <laughs> to it. No, and I talk shit. I'll talk shit all yeah. day. So, but um, no, thanks a million for coming. It was a pleasure. And you're an absolute credit. Yeah. Well, look, and I actually will say I've I owe you a lot of thanks, right? And this, so I start f- probably through some of my friends, right? I start following you, right? And it was because of you I start following Shane and. I start working with Shane and we're getting good results there in the last couple of months. So maybe in another, hopefully another couple of months, I'll get a good few uh, results and we'll have a chat with Shane maybe and see. But, You'll uh, be on one of those so one-wheel thank, segues thank after you. another way. That's the fucking, yeah, that's, that's the goal. I come in here on there. Please don't brought, let that be the goal. I should have brought the segue up for you and got you on it. Like, <laughs> no, we, no, we, I, actually, do you know what I'm we'll bad do? enough as it is now. Hey, do you know what we'll do? What? We'll get you down and bring down... Um, the guys and um, we bring you out one of the Mount Juliet maybe on the tour bring the boys the kids down and we'll have a fucking Sunday afternoon we'll get you out and the kids it fucking sounds good to get me get you and the kids out in the segways for now Matt although I'm but, gonna have a fairly small kid now in another way can you not fucking bring them on one of these that's not fun <laughs> that's not fun <laughs> no. for me but look thank you thanks man. no bother really Enjoyed appreciate it. it thanks Matt thanks man.